I don't know if anyone has seen Anaconda 2, but one of my favorite family moments with my sisters and my brother was us narrating the voice of the monkey during that entire movie, responding to everything. Like, look, there goes that motherfucking snake. That's a big ass motherfucking snake. You're listening to that blessed and highly flavored podcast. It's only because a nigga blessed. Welcome back to Black Oak Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for another episode of Utopia. Uh, season one, episode three. There better be a season two of this. I have not seen any renewals yet, but I will be very disappointed. I'm only three episodes in if this was to only be a single season. This is called Tuesday's Child, directed by Toby Haynes, written by Jillian Flynn. I gave this one a 9.5 out of 10. I rather like that the lead in this is kind of batshit crazy, but also understandably batshit crazy because she feels very much like a stunted child. Jumping directly into the recap, we start with Jessica having the longest piss ever. I love that it started with the shot outside the house and you're like, someone's pouring water? No, she's pissing, standing up, holding a gun (laughs) to all of our group and they are all having to watch as she has the longest piss ever clearly she watched them sleep i'm guessing and that's why there's so much urine in her bladder wilson still have not wiped the blood from his eye Strangely enough, I didn't find this disgusting as much as I did impressive because all of it seemed to have made it in the toilet. But girl, you did not wipe, like, at all. Gross. You nasty. She then tells them they need to go to a funeral. And then she finds Ian, Wilson, and Becky all staring, mourning over Sam's corpse. Still exposed, might I add. And says know a different funeral (laughs) and I kind of chuckled because it's so sad that she's dead but at the same time the way in which it's just the elephant in the room and it continues to be the elephant in the room and then they keep the actual dead body in the room I thought was rather funny they drive in the most busted down station wagon ever to stake out the funeral of Olivia who did indeed die because she sure as shit did not call 911 even though I don't think anything could have saved her from that heroin overdose she and Becky are scooping out the scene Becky is the most (laughs) observant people person because she says the douchebag is not likely to gossip but the woman with the brooch is she and Becky decide to go in she sends Becky first because she needs to handcuff the boys to the car door Wilson wants his napkin changed because it is bleeding through but she tells him that women bleed through napkins all the time so he can do the same thing which is suck it up and bleed before remarking that she will kill becky despite how nice she is and both boys do seem to care for her i feel like i was really shitting on ian in the first episode or at least very skeptical of his genuine feelings for becky but i think in this first scene he definitely proved while he'll take chances with his own life he won't play russian roulette with hers 
because Wilson does indeed get out of his handcuffs because we all know he can do that and he's immediately searching for a napkin and possibly escape but Ian begs him not to and Wilson handcuffs himself back to the car. He is upset though that there is no napkins in here and that does seem like an impossibility in any vehicle. Becky immediately finds her prey says I'm sorry for her loss or for your loss and then she says I'm sorry for your loss and I was like oh Sam (laughs) it was still morning and they find out Olivia got utopia from her grandfather who worked at an asylum for mental patients and was gifted utopia by one of the patients during some art therapy oh shit oh shit oh shit oh shit this is some new information and then the weasley twins show up with guns i'm like are these the harvest they definitely look like ron and what's the other no the twins fred and george weasley i said ron (laughs) i should cut that moment of dorkiness but i'm gonna keep it in they do look like the children of the corn and start asking about utopia and jessica of the boys the scream that ian let out was so authentic i burst out laughing even though i felt bad for him but at the same time i'm like that is a realistic reaction to a gun being that damn close to your face and you are convinced someone's gonna pull the trigger i always crack up when people are like running up to guns and they ain't never been i mean even when cops pull you over well definitely if you're black but (laughs) anytime you see someone with a gun and they will pull the trigger on you you're going to feel fear ain't no damn uh oh i'm mr macho that's why in the first episode i was like no he and his um he losing his damn mind he's like i guess if i'm going down i'm going down because i either have to confront the fact that i am a kidnap victim and my will is taken away or i'm gonna have to catch a bullet and it was at that moment that you know sam saved his life (laughs) and died for it i think they even said that in this episode i'm not sure becky gets grandpa's address by claiming she is dutch and it is tradition to send flowers to both the home and to her place of work i guess or the place where she lived yeah because they hadn't moved in yet they were going to move in once they yeah they were just checking out the place and cleaning it up i love the fact for some reason i didn't grasp why (laughs) she had two damn things of coffee in her hand becky that is because the entire time freaking uh jessica was smashing at that funeral she was stuffing her fucking face didn't open her mouth just watched as becky got all this information and then she's like oh you're dutch she's like no i'm not and she's kind of trying to bond with her a little bit i thought or at least impressed that she was helpful and then she sees that assassins are at her vehicle hold up i'm busy killing these bitches i realized very belatedly because i was not understanding why becky says be nice but i think it was because the boy she thought the boys were escaping because 
she couldn't see the assassins yet and it distracted jessica enough to get punched in the face but then kills them in a very awesome fashion then she runs into the car and hands ian the coffee because that's who she got it for before they drive off i will say all them bullets going off in the parking lot and not one person came out that is so unwhite like at grandpa's house wilson finally finds a paper towel (laughs) to clean his eye jessica tells them to find something anything that's useful to her as becky looks kind of traumatized about what's going on ian's kind of looking at her wondering to wilson should we try to make an escape but wilson drops facts look the harvest is after her i don't know how to fight you don't know how to fight we're clearly wanted by these assassins so i'm gonna stick with the one person who keeps saving my life becky is not backing out for a whole different reason she's resolved to find utopia and live and like, no we should go she has to break it down to him that one not only is jessica hyde real it means everything in utopia is validated and if jessica hyde is not the person that i would think like basically although she's a little off her rocker she's the closest i have to finding a cure for what i am suffering from which is deals disease we find out did we get this mentioned earlier i think we did that was the one disease that they brought up in in wilson's bunker so she says you know i guess i'm a selfish person because my friend dies and i'm ready to overlook that because i'm with her and ian's like well it's fine that you feel that way about sam's death because i'm a fucking coward so i'm not gonna judge you for that (laughs) do i think she's actually being selfish not really i'm dying i met you yesterday yes we're really good friends online and that's important y'all know mimi and shy i love you but at the same time i mean it's kind of sam's fault because she should have been seeing the looks that jessica was clearly giving her to say stand the fuck down but i digress (laughs) she tells him i am non-viable and encourages him to go but she's committed and wilson's practical but also intrigued by what is going on there's several times where he feels like he's more drawn into the conspiracy Wilson then finds some artwork from River Park, which is the asylum that Dad had been sent to, and apparently the Grandpa too. Ian chooses to stay and tells Becky as much, saying, even if we don't have to be girlfriend and boyfriend, she makes him want to be brave. So it's a rather good time that they are aligned on the same goal and not needing to be threatened by Jessica because once they find a photo of the man holding the artwork, Jessica says it's her dad before having a whimpering moment of mental breakdown in the back seat on the way back to the safe house as Wilson has collected everything in a box and details the fire 
Ian remarks he's dead with Becky telling them both to be more empathetic. She does reach out a hand to give her some empathy, but decides better of it. Once they get back to the safe house, Jessica goes to the kitchen sink, takes everything out, and then goes in the cabinet to cry and wail. And then Wilson's like, well, I'm just going to check and see if Grant wrote back. Grant is with Alice chilling like a mofo as he explains Utopia and Jessica Hyde being his favorite. That's my girl. Notice he did not label her a hero, which I thought was interesting because she asked several times, Alice, that is, is she like the good guy or the hero of the story? And he's like, no, I just relate to her because she ain't got no moms. Her dad's kidnapped. Artemis taught her how to kill and that's super cool. Alice got a little jealous, I think. He is also able to borrow her laptop though and get an all-important message out about where to meet him. The FBI then raid Christie Labs as the virus continues to spread to more states. A lot of people have blamed Simpro for this. I feel like Kevin Christie is too damn calm about the fact that they are coming into his lab thomas and kara play the aggressive card while he plays the simpering uh polite i'm gonna give you what you want i'm gonna participate but this fda lady named tony is remembering the time he called her a tiny little bitch or whatever he said and shuts down or shuts him down gleefully and confiscates all the meat we're not gonna test a little piece we're gonna test it all grant eats breakfast and asks why Kim is so nice opening her home to him because she says you can stay as long as you want you can take this key let yourself in and out because Alice wants him to come back and stay she quotes Nelson Mandela basically saying everyone deserves help even the ones that think they don't deserve it as long as they prove trustworthy he then wants to prove her wrong by choosing to steal alice's laptop but alice left him a big bag of blackberries and he can't go through with it and he ends up leaving a note for her and leaving and she really loved those blackberries so to give up like he shared her or yeah he shared his comic with her so she shared her blackberries with him i thought it was really sweet Dr. Michael finally gets his blood sample and I was kind of surprised that he got it at all considering all of the paperwork on that person's desk but I guess if or the dean's desk like if it I guess if you are the one that discovered the virus it would be a good idea he is able to look at it and it correlates with the virus he discovered in a mad dash he gets home to his wife colleen to tell her the exciting news he even hungs hangs up on her call and i'm like that was kind of rude but he clearly wants her focused on him as he remarks that the dean is old friends with christy why this feel like a setup i don't know but if they can have the vaccine here comes the money here we go money talk Dr. Christie, as soon as things are looking rather bad on the news, he gets a call from Dean Richards telling him that they found the flu. Wilson considers emailing his family. He didn't 
he still doesn't know i should say is dead and gets a message to meet at 8 p.m and ian deals with the fact that grant really is a child because he has that many damn exclamation marks and there were 12 that's an excessive amount jess emerges from her moment to say one you stayed and there was kind of a sweet moment there and two declares that her dad isn't dead and then (laughs) he ain't gonna say did the pipes whisper that (laughs) i wonder how mimi and shy is gonna feel about ian in this episode because he actually grew on me even though he was being such a freak out person but at the same time that's exactly what it is if i'm gonna stay here don't think just because i'm in the group don't mean i ain't got a fucking opinion and i'm not gonna just pretend as if (laughs) i'm down okay i will assist we gonna get there but you need a second opinion motherfucker you need our help too and (laughs) i actually liked his line earlier because it was funny even though he got knocked down very quickly but we'll get to that scene in a moment maybe it's because that's how i would react in this situation you you fucking kidnapped me because we got to be on the same time we we need to warm up to each other just murdered my friend like two seconds ago she wants to find artemis who is indeed real and the only person that she trusts and apparently she has certain days that she's going to be in certain places because she's saying this nursery rhyme becky is chosen to go but ian volunteers instead it's a good thing too because i'm not really sure that becky could have handled all of that then threatens ian's life to becky if they try to leave or do anything as she walks once again over sam's corpse that is still there exposed y'all trash for that because y'all didn't even think for a second and like all night it's been at least what a few hours since the nighttime. okay when she got shot nobody said let me get her a blanket or something anything michael and kevin christie take a few moments to have a passive aggressive dick sucking competition before he tells michael they're ready to roll out a vaccine already that christie labs owns apparently but this is problematic for the good doctor because he feels it's irresponsible detrimental not to mention unethical uh he says there will be backlash that kevin threatens michael with there will be backlash that you won't sign off on the eua but he's like yeah i'm not gonna do it (laughs) this is not right i don't even know if my cure or vaccine is going to work kevin's impassioned speech though about how he cost kids lives antagonizing the fba and how he feels to blame for this he really thought that was gonna work and was really surprised that it did not kevin keeps telling him this is all about his inferiority complex but he's like um no this is about protocol and then he is dismissed with kevin saying we're gonna find a different way to get that eua he goes home once again barges into his wife's bedroom packs his stuff in a bag and says i'm going to be confident i'm going to st louis you're not going to push me to the side and put me back in the basement anymore and now i'm suspicious of the wife because she made a really weird and he even looked at her like what and she's like well do we really care if other people die i'm like what what 
Like, you're the one that got him to chase this lead. I'm not sure where it's going, but it all feels like a conspiracy theory, and um, I don't trust her. Back at the safe house, Wilson makes an eye patch from, of all things, a box of Frosted Flake cereal. What? What the fuck? Becky convinces Wilson to get a more sensible eye patch and to cover up Sam once he starts crying about the fact that she got him all the way here, but then died for it, and that's what they say at her (laughs) eulogy. They wonder if they should cover up her face too, and Becky says she's too pretty. (laughs) And I'm... I know there's so much here. There's so much here (laughs) in this she's too pretty. What's also kind of, I guess, poignant in this moment is the fact that both Becky and Wilson, the two most bought into the conspiracy, because Ian, he really was never in it for like, hey, I like the comic and I really like Becky in this group. But as the two that have stakes in here somewhere, uh, Wilson's being global conspiracy and a hate of America, it would seem. And then Becky, for her own reasons for this cure, are rather excited to be in a world that they're, or they have been reading about for so long. And using the clear and throat method to get Jessica's attention was also hilarious. (laughs) That was on a question I saw. If someone's just playing on their iPhone during a date, what would you do and a lot of people respond clear your throat politely like you need to give me your attention and she tells them that her little rhyme led to some coordinates go to wonderland Ian is definitely the realist like okay so tell me about your dad well at age 12 me and my dad just watched tv all day and then i was broken out of home by artemis and she trained me and now i'm the best uh whatever like to take care of myself or something and he's like you can barely use a phone (laughs) like girl you may have all the survival skills but you also need help becky and wilson figure out grant's riddle they are to meet at the washington library at 8 p.m becky for some reason needs to go online and confirm that Wilson's family is dead maybe because she just needed to see for herself or remind the audience that yeah Wilson's family is dead they then find some car keys to a very hot rod in the barn I didn't know why they just didn't well I guess the station wagon is big enough to fit them all versus that little sports vehicle and once they get to Wonderland barely gets his ass over that fence with Jessica and wants to go take a piss she pulls a gun on him once again and he blows up at her like hey you killed my fucking friend i'm still here i'm mad about that i'm down with it whatever but i'm not here for you i'm here for becky's mission and i'm not your bitch come on and check yourself before you begin so take it and check yourself before you wreck yourself big dicks in your ass is bad for your hair what made it even great is the fact that he mistook a cardboard box for a homeless woman and started to seem like he was gonna piss on her until she knocked him the fuck out becky and wilson are stuck in traffic 
and <laughs> Wilson really thinks honking makes traffic move faster or was he being sarcastic? She leaves Wilson and trekking on foot because they are already a little behind a schedule. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm visually impaired. <laughs> I don't know why Grant had to look so up to no good catching the eye of the officer, but he did. And he's being told that you can't be out here by yourself. What's in the backpack? He's like, I'm meeting someone. Just go away. Becky shows up just in time. And he's like, Mom. Then <laughs> she's like, Oh, thank you, officer. And then she's like, Your Porsche get a flat there, buddy? And she he gives her the cutest hug. The cutest freaking hug. Because you know when you just you're alone, you don't have anyone that like these are really his only friends, and I now want him to be adopted <laughs> by Becky and the crew. Jess finds out from Artemis her dad was put in the asylum by her because he created all those viruses and talked of nothing but death and cried going to sleep. So she thought death was better for him and best for her because after he released Dystopia, there was nothing that was going to stop the harvest from coming after him. Jess doesn't think that he is dead it was a cover-up and that he loved her and she says he watched tv with you and that's a really real statement but this is confirmed to jessica that her father is indeed dead even though she suspected that fire would be a way to cover all the evidence and didn't just get him and stop her from looking for him but artemis confirms once again no he's dead she then takes Artemis to an abandoned bathroom. Ian is cautiously following. And you have Jessica once again accusing her of killing her dad. And she says, no, the harvest killed him. I just didn't intervene. And admits that she is tired of running as she takes a drink from her alcohol bottle. And Jessica says, well, you broke awfully easy. And she says, yeah, I did. And if the harvest finds me, I'm going to break easily too, which apparently threatens Jessica. And as trained probably by Artemis, which makes this all the more sad, uh, to eliminate her in a very brutal fight. She says, if I struggle, that's just reflexes. Then she says, I love you, dear heart. And then the strangling begins. Ian tries to intervene, but is continually beat the hell up for doing so. The fight was very brutal. Um, he don't break easy though. At least there's that. She ends up strangling her, but before Artemis dies, she says, Jessica, when you find home, burn it to the ground. Then as she's crying next to her body a little bit, she finds a code tattooed under her fingernails. I did not watch them being pried off. That was disgusting. It reveals a lot though about Jessica's upbringing. Like this child was not raised in any fashion, not by the woman who saved her, Artemis. She just pretty much kept her safe and loved her, but kind of loved her in a way that would make sure she was never put in a compromising situation. And then you see that she had a father that although he watched tv with her that was her only ideal of love or caring and that's rather sad 
and that she has to continue to move again and again it's just really kind of heartbreaking michael then goes to the quarantine zone in st louis and tries to use his white privilege but is denied by the cis worker and she's like uh-uh, i ain't losing my job today in what world though can you keep kids from your parents because apparently outside this quarantine zone all the parents cannot see their children and then i was like oh wait that whole mexican border thing apparently happened with a lot of americans clapping at it and there's like thousands of children still missing and no one gives a fuck probably trafficked into the human market for flesh but as stated before no one gives a fuck christy is then comforted by his wife was that his wife or was it kara i'm not sure wait no that was his wife and he gives her the most passionless kiss ever (laughs) like you're worried about the children and it seems as if he is worried about the children dying then arby is creeping in the garden and i was like wait a minute does kevin brainwash kids to be assassins and then arby took out the gun i was like oh is he gonna kill him and then he tapped on the glass and kevin says shh and i was like oh no my first instinct was correct i think he totally and the way this whole thing went down tapping on the window like you're too loud he gets him in as soon as he's in the house rb turns into a two-year-old he sits on the floor in a cross-legged position and says that he got a few things for him he shows him the picture of the kid he shows him the picture of possibly jessica hyde and christy gives him some raisinets which are disgusting there was a time i like raisinets but not anymore i'm over that phase that was 13 year old me so apparently he has him kill people to earn his place in the world but there does seem to be a little bit of a fatherly bond between them this is creepy and interesting and i want to see where it goes like it was really hard not to press the next episode so now i have to wait a whole damn week and i'm sad about that but i'm glad i picked this show because i am really enjoying the ride you've heard what i think now let's hear what others do in the feedback If you want to participate in feedback, you can send that to blackoldcouch at gmail.com via written format or via audio. First up, we have Queen Shy. Hey, Christina. It's me, Shy, here to discuss Utopia, episode three. I will start off by saying I am on the struggle bus today. And so this is probably my 10th attempt at trying to articulate my thoughts get my thoughts together so i can say something about this episode i mean again i enjoyed the episode i'm just uh, my brain is just um i guess i'm tired it's been a long week for me 
I worked um what 11 hours today so watch the show today and now I'm trying to get feedback today I should say I watched watch the episode today so um just bear with me and I'll just highlight some things that I like that stood out to me because that seems to be the best way to go and then I had a few questions as well so because again I'm on the struggle bus and my brain is just not processing things away or as fast as I would like it to so I'm just not it just wasn't working for me so anywho um we did see the beginning which I you know laughed at even though still thought it was gross um Jessica pissing standing up and aiming a gun at um Ian Wilson and Becky uh because obviously she didn't want them out of her sight and that include going to the bathroom so there you go we see that Grant bonded a little bit with Alice and Kim to the point that he almost stole from them but he saw that Alice had extended an olive branch of blackberries and decided to do the right thing and not steal but he did leave to link up with the gang um, because he wanted to talk you know go over utopia and I guess fangirl fanboy over it anyway um so my other question I had is Wilson I think Christina you had mentioned this in the previous podcast about how he's probably still high on the heroin so he's not really feeling the pain of his eyeball being missing but at this point I'm thinking that that should be wearing off and he should be definitely starting to feel something or have some issues with his eyeball being missing but no he's just moving right along you know just being Wilson and no need for medical attention which I guess wouldn't be a good idea because that would have them easily traced so yeah medical attention is out of the question we see Ian still freaking out thinking about taking off and yeah of course he gets talked off from the ledge because he finds out about Becky and her having that illness and he decides to stick around to find Utopia and hopefully a cure for what did she say Dim Deems I forget what she said she had what the name of that was I didn't write it down they go Becky and Jessica go into the the couple that from the first episode the ladies funeral um, to get some information on hopefully some clues to find in Utopia um, which the one of the talkers at the funeral um, tells them about uh, the grandfather and so they go to his home and they find some clues um, in regards to Jessica's father and apparently um, it looks like or it seems as though Jessica's father was killed 
and a fire um which freaks jessica out at first but then she recovers later on and not believing that and thinking it's a cover-up so we're on the trail on that so questions for the room are they just gonna leave sam's body just laying there really I know Becky and Wilson said a little something something and they semi covered her up but they seriously were just walking around in that house with a dead body just laying there and no one thought to say hey let's take her somewhere in the back and bury her or at the very least put her in a room where we can't see her every time we're walking around but okay I guess that's just me. We see Stearns um, finds out he can possibly have the cure to this flu. He, him and his wife get excited. His wife encourages him to reach out to the dean. And then the dean reaches out to Christy. Christy in cover my behind mode wants to mass produce this vaccine um, and this possible cure to um to help him get out of this PR nightmare that he's in because his company is being seen as a reason for children dying so of course he's gonna want to jump on anything that can potentially uh shed him in a more positive light and of course Stearns is upset because he doesn't think the cure is or the vaccine is quite ready to be mass produced that it needs more testing christy is not trying to hear that he wants to out now um feeling as if you know children dying uh when they have a possible cure i mean that it was worth the risk but then I'm thinking, well, if you were so concerned about children dying, why are you still producing this meat without, and it took the FDA and FBI to come in to shut you down, but you're so concerned about the children and the public, whatever. Of course, we find out in the end that Daddy Dearest is Mr. Rabbit. So he's the leader of the, the Funky Bunch. And yes. And apparently the father of RB and Rod, he took them in. Um, I'm thinking that since he had said that line, what have we done for the world today, that he said to his other children in last episode. So that lets me know that RB is one of the chosen ones that he <laughs> took in. And um, yes, now he's doing his murderous bidding. Well, him and Rob were, especially since um, Arby was acting all childlike, sitting in Indian style, eating raisins. And um, yeah, so yeah, so that's, I'm assuming that's one of his kiddos that he raised to apparently be a murderous psychopath. And I'm also side eyeing his other son, the one that works with him. I don't know he's giving me this um creepy vibe too the one that i think christina you were saying used to um star in gotham yeah i'm getting some weird vibes from him so 
I don't know. I could be wrong, but yeah, he's my creepy meter is going off on that one. We see Jessica and Ian meet up with, I believe her, her name was Artemis, um, the one that was uh, that helped train Jessica in fighting and combat training or whatever. So she goes to meet up with her to find out some more information about her father. Come to find out um, Artemis was behind her father going missing and possibly dying. But Jessica is not willing to accept. Jessica ends up killing her. Um, Of course, Artemis was talking about Mr. Rabbit. And going some out going home or whatever, which was really confusing. And then, uh, of course, Ian being extra, Ian is trying to stop her from killing Artemis. He gets pushed around, and yeah. Then we see another gross scene, which I didn't get, of Jessica peeling off Artemis's fingernails. I don't. And she was saying something about a tattoo. I didn't get it. So I didn't get that scene. I didn't understand why Stearns was being so extra. So hopefully you can enlighten me on that. And because my very, very tired brain just could not make the leap or make the journey to figure this out. We also see Grant um, meet up with Becky. And so... He's with the gang, and of course, I'm assuming that they'll go back. Everybody will meet up back at the house. They'll look at Utopia, and Jessica's goal will continue to be to find her father. Becky's goal is to hopefully see if there's a cure for her disease in Utopia. And Arby is going to be on the hunt for all of them. So it'll be interesting to see how he ends up finding them and what Stearns is trying to do because he's at this quarantine. I mean, is he trying to find a way to experiment on some? I don't know. I mean, I'm not quite sure what, you know, why he traveled there to do that. Anyway, that's all I got. I'm sorry. You know, I mean, I hope I... (laughs) i'm sorry i'm just tired i don't even know what i hope but until next time much love peace and black girl magic queen of the couch shy shy you do indeed sound tired shy you sound tired as hell get in the bed take some some uh night quill get your ass under some sheets (laughs) 12 hours oh my god oh i know you guys do them 12 hour shifts I can't even be presently relevant for 12 hours. I can't even be relevant for four hours really during my shift. I go into like, I don't know, autopilot, but (laughs) I do empathize so much because I would be exhausted too and definitely hope you feel better. So to answer a few of your questions, oh my God, I'm making chili and it smells so good right now. So good. 
Wilson, um, about his eyeball. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, the morphine definitely got him through the worst of the pain. But I bet after a little while, like they didn't say how much morphine she had. We can make assumptions that he's still self-dosing, but he is the only one out of all of them prepared for actual torture. So I can see him because he was like hella mega excited once he got to the grandpa's house. And he realized, holy shit, the harvest really are after us. I think him seeing that a second time really solidified. And he's like, yeah, I'm in my happy place right now because I'm getting to put together conspiracies. Grant needs shelter. So him, you know, uh, meeting up with them. Yeah, he doesn't know. I mean, he just stumbled into this woman's life. She gave him a bed for the night. But... He, is, he knows he's being hunted. He knows people are after him. They know it's because of Utopia. He's being contacted about it. He literally saw what happened. So I, no, I thought it was rational to go to the only people that also know something's fucked up. I'm guessing by this point, he has also seen the news and realized it was happening at Fragacon or Frang, what is that? Whatever that convention was. So yeah, no, I thought meeting up with people who might be able to help me seemed like a rather good idea. Uh, mentioned Sam's body earlier. That's what I wrote in my notes. <laughs> I did mention the fact that they were trash for not covering her up a lot sooner. I know Jessica, Jessica did not give a fuck walking all over her. And it seemed as if everyone else was walking around her. Like we don't want to... I, I thought it was a, a symbolism for like we don't want to address this thing like it's still heavy between the group like you don't want them to move over move on so quickly so it's this starkly being there for some reason it worked for me as far as a storytelling device but at the same time as a human that's shitty you know what i mean but i like on the storytelling front how it was just that thing and then they partially covered her up so it's like okay it's still happening but we're moving on particularly by the end of this episode of this thing that happened to our friend that was shitty but at the same time you know it's jessica's world world as becky said and the rules just don't they're different kind of rules and sam broke those rules whether she knew it or not he isn't uh kevin christie by the way he doesn't think his meat simpro is the cause of the virus and then he's proven right by dr stearns so he is a hundred percent validated in feeling sad about killing the kid about his meat not killing the kids because it's not killing the kids it's this other virus that spread from somewhere else to the united states as far as Stearns, uh, why, what his deal is, he, he doesn't want to put out this vaccine because it's unethical. And then he goes down to St. Louis because he tries, he wants to help. He thinks if I can test patients, he wants to test his vaccine to see if it, like he wants to do an actual laboratory study. And the best place to do that is on the patients that are sick. But he's being denied that. And he tried to, you know, be authoritative and he's the number one i mean he discovered this virus it makes sense that he would be the one that's here and he doesn't understand why he's not being where he's needed to do his job 
so that we can save more people and like i said everyone else thinks it's about his ego and maybe it is just a little bit but also he's not willing to sacrifice his morals for his ego so i think that's interesting juxtapose juxtapose lord this is why i get i'm in it's i'm two 50 shades to the winds night but (laughs) uh up against his other counterpart dr christie he's someone who has a huge ego and i'm wondering if he he clearly doesn't have that same thought process because he's willing to roll out this vaccine to see why he's at seat cover his own ass to make money because he says he owns it god only knows what his purposes are i feel like it's more because it's john cusack and then we see at the end that he's after jessica hyde and we know that correlation speaking that utopia and dystopia said that this whole thing was being controlled by mr rabbit who was you know infecting people with viruses so interesting interesting uh not sure rod and arby played the same role as the kids that we saw in his house I think he's involved with these children to be assassins. I don't think he raised them because he made it very clear when Arby got to the house, like she don't, you know, I don't think wife and the kids that he has at dinner table are the same ones. At least that's not the impression I got. Cause he even said, maybe, I don't know. I'm guessing he adopted these kids and that Kevin is his only kid. Because he's only, well, I don't know, sure. I'm not 100% sure about that. But that's just, I can see that they're doing something with fucking kids. I just, <laughs> I get that impression because I know a cult when I see it. Should have spotted it the first time I saw the multi generational kids, even though I still don't think those are the ones involved. But, I mean, he ain't Angelina Jolie. So why the fuck he got all the multi-generational children (laughs) well he seems like he's trying to portray a message to the world that may not be a hundred percent correct or maybe it's just 2020 and i'm suspicious of everyone so uh ian being extra eh, I i didn't think he was extra but he really was not gonna stop that fight (laughs) but i felt he felt that he had to try even if he understood in the back of his mind that this is what she wants this is what's gonna go down it's like i just can't sit here and watch and not try to do anything because i'm a human being and that's what we do we just don't blazingly or blazily murder so that is miss shy with her thoughts let's hear what queen mimi has to say what up, Christina? It's Mimi. I am sending in some feedback for uh, Utopia episode three. Um, I did like this episode, um, but I felt like it was a little bit slower in like the pacing of it. Maybe pacing isn't the right word, but it was just, it just felt like there were some scenes that just I felt like were kind of maybe dragging on, if I can say. Um, I didn't write down notes because um, it was early in the morning and I was underneath the blanket and nice and toasty. It was kind of cold, Illinois, 
in case you i'm going to give y'all illinois lesson this state is it's either it's two temperatures it's either freezing or it's hot as hell like there's really like no meaning we have a fall and it's it comprises of maybe um in the month of september in october maybe a total of like eight days but it goes from being to me when uh when it drops below 60 i need a, a jacket it doesn't need to be like a winter coat but at least a thin you know overcoat or maybe a sweater on so to me it's like 50 degrees 55 degrees that's cold um but i live with two boys well i should say a man and a boy whatever the my two boys their their temperature body is always hot body temperature that's that's how you say that their body temperature is always hot so i don't want to be um you know the one that's cranking up the heat and boiling them to death so usually what i end up doing is either walking around with a blanket or wearing a sweater so last night it was it was hot and then it must have got you know the temperature must have dropped sometime while i was sleeping so when i woke up it was freezing and i was under the cover but i didn't want to get from under the cover to turn the heat on because it was cold so i'm i just stayed underneath the blankets like let me watch this tv uh maybe darren will wake up use the bathroom and turn the heat on that's always my hope i don't know if that's lazy or what but i told you i'd be cold okay anyway so i didn't write down any notes that was my long drawn out way of saying i did not take notes <laughs> so i just i'm gonna try and go by like each character so i can remember what happened um um first i want to start with with ian because he's getting on my nerve <laughs> i don't know if maybe be just because of the climate they were in white people in general just get on my nerve like i think that might have something to do with it um but he is really bothering me um i understand that he is going through some things right now and you know maybe this is one of those things where being black or a person of color really comes in handy because i feel like and i say this to people a lot there are people in this world who like they don't know what real problems are like they've their life has always been i'm not saying they're rich you know everything but their their life has always gone a certain type of way so you know something that's really terrible never happened to them so they never developed any kind of developmental coping skills to deal with the stress of life like i'll give you an example let's say you have this person who you know come from a middle class family you know they maybe weren't athletic but they did okay in school they didn't really get in trouble you know you know their parents never struggled they always had food always had lights you know if they needed oh we're gonna go on this the school's having a trip oh yeah parents can pay that money no problem so you know when something bad happens they've never experienced any kind of bad thing happen maybe as an adult you know they lost their job so that's the first real stressor in their life and now they're a grown-up and they don't have no way of dealing with it so they think their whole life is existence is miserable and then they go around blaming everybody and then they go blow up a school like i there's some people like that and i feel like ian is one of them i'm not saying that his life was perfect he's clearly very dorky and that's obvious but he just like he went from having nothing to this massive explosion of shit so he doesn't know how to deal with it so he's he's mentally breaking and i get that but like read the room dude like you you see becky and you see wilson they're freaking the fuck out too but 
they're doing it in a way that won't get everybody fucking killed like you need to look around and and if you don't know how to deal with it take take an example from them like i understand that you think like and maybe in his mind he thinks he's still under the impression that this is fake and jessica isn't real this is cosplay she's just one of those people that are really in the character so she won't kill you and sam's in on it yes i saw her shoot it but this is fake this is i don't know what he's thinking but he's getting on my nerve and when she was fighting artemis and he was like telling her to stop motherfucker mind your fucking business let her do what she needs to do if she want to kill this dirty disgusting fat lady let her do it what the fuck is wrong why are you going to get in the middle to get yourself fucking killed to stop her from killing some rando person that you probably don't even think is real this is all just a game like i i don't understand him and he's really getting on my nerve um speaking of jessica i really really need y'all to understand that this little girl i know she's a grown woman but she's a little girl when i saw like when she found out that her dad was more than likely dead and she went into the house and the first thing she did was go by the sink pull out all the stuff out of the cabinet and go in there and close the cabinet that to me was a prime example or i guess that was my indication that she is mentally still a freaking little girl she is a child my son <laughs> used to do that all the time he would get mad or sad and he would go hide in a cabinet he even did it when he was pooping that's another thing which is weird but he would do that he was two um he's kind of had similar things when he was three and four but you know as he got older things like that he doesn't do anymore like he'll go in his room and he'll like put on his music and he'll or he'll read or he'll give me the silent treatment that you don't think developmentally getting older and doing things that more that are more adult when he's upset like she is still emotionally stunted and it was so obvious there she can kill a person with the best of them but she is mentally a child and i don't know if becky and wilson and ian understood that at that moment but i know i did so i was like the problem with that is because she's still emotionally stunted she could have a tantrum at any minute and just blow everybody up like she is really unstable and i think that clearly she's gonna want to be the leader but someone they need to figure out a game plan just in case this bitch lose her shit because it sounds like her dad is dead and he's not i don't know maybe who knows but she thinks he's not so she's gonna still continue to look for him i don't know what those tattoos on artemis's finger was she grossed me out she was just disgusting so i really when she was ripping them nails i couldn't even look like i don't know what was on her nails but i didn't want to see that so i looked away so i don't know anything about that um who else i want to talk about um oh grant oh i love him he's so freaking cute and i swear stina i did not even realize that he was the little boy from um utopia until like you said it and then i was paying attention i was like oh my god he is that i and i did love him was it you no <laughs> euphoria i was like that's the show i'm watching now sorry euphoria euphoria the little boy he was super cute then too but i i like that we're getting to see him more as like a main character in this show because that little boy is adorable um and i 
I tell you, when he uh, sent them that message, like, I think it's so funny that now that they know he's a kid, like, it seems like stuff makes sense. Like, oh, my God, that's why you act like that. They just thought he was some, you know, you know, 20 something year old fuck boy. But no, he's a child. He's a smart child, but he's still a child. Um, and I could have sworn like maybe he is from a group home. Maybe that's what we saw in episode one. And that's why he was OK with just running away, because, you know, these people online are probably like a family to him. And when he um, was getting like pulled away by the cop and then uh, Be- Becky was like, Grant, and he turned around. Oh, my God. That was like the fact that he knew like he just knew. Maybe he didn't know that that was Becky or like maybe it could have been Becky or Sam he didn't know but he knew that she was like one of her his friends and I don't know why but that moment that they shared was just it was just so cute and I loved it um that let's speaking of Becky let's talk about her so far I am loving her the way she played that old lady with the brooch (laughs) I loved it it was amazing um when she's like you know in my in my um experience older ladies wearing brooch are very talkative and I can tell you as a person that was a waitress for 15 years she is absolutely right and they tell you stuff you don't want to know you didn't ask them you don't even have to like start in on a conversation like you didn't lead into it you didn't make any kind of suggestions you probably just said hello my name is Lamia I'll be your server today and next thing you know they tell you about their gout you know that they're um they're in a nursing home now um where they, they kid their kids just wanted their money they sold their house like i i just asked you what you wanted to drink i got seven other tables lady i don't care about your cat being at home with your daughter who hates you i really don't care like they do talk a lot i just wanted to to sec to co-sign that to let y'all know that that's true um who else do i need to talk about wilson I got to say, he is handling that one eye like a G. I don't know if I was, I would probably still be in a corner mad as hell crying that this dude poured salt, bleach, and scooped out my damn eye with a spoon. But he really is like, you know, utopia is real. I move past. Let me just get this. Let me, let me make myself an eye patch so we can get these codes together, figure out where we got to meet um, Grant so we can get utopia. Like I, I'm okay with it. Like he, he really like I'm glad they didn't tell him about his family because that might be the thing that pushes him over the head because his whole family lived in that house and they killed all of them so that's sad but I'm I'm glad he is not being like crippled with you know depression or anger because he got tortured basically that's pretty cool and I also liked how (laughs) in the car in the beginning um, when they were in front of that uh, funeral and he like dislocated his his fingers to to like pull himself out of the cuffs because I was wondering when we we're going to get to see that. And we did. So that was awesome. But then, you know, they were like, but Be- Becky and then he put his hand back in there. That was sweet. Like they they're really trying to to not <laughs> lose any more of them. And I think it's really effed up how, you know, Jessica just made them sit there and stare at her body. They didn't let like she wouldn't let them cover the blood up. They couldn't clean it up. And her peeing, holding the gun, watching them standing up, that was really disgusting. I just want to point that out. I was like, yuck. I mean, being able to stand up and pee as a woman is, is impressive. And she was, her aim was 
really on point but the whole scene in itself was gross after i was like amazed that she was making it in the toilet i was disgusted um um who else um oh the last scene like i remember i'm gonna tell y'all this because now i know it's not true um and we got a little more information about him so i don't feel crazy about making my theories now um but i would say when we were first introduced i think his name is dr chrissy christly i can't remember it is john kuzak's character um when we first introduced to him i was like oh my god is it possible that he's jessica's dad that they like do some brain warping or something is, is he like or is he like this whole you know meat product thing or you know this family is he had like having some type of brain um hallucination like is that the kind of torture they're doing they're making him think he's living a life and he's not so they can get jessica out of his head that was a theory that i was just like it was just in my brain i never said it out loud i never even like spoke it to anyone i just was thinking it but as soon as I saw Arby outside his window, I knew I was like, I don't I don't care if they got his gun out and they making us think that he's about to get. No, no, he is the rabbit. And I think you called that Christina. But I mean, you just said it because you just because of the actor. I was like, so I'm gonna give you a half a point for that. But just because John Cusack's just seems to play bad people doesn't doesn't mean that you can use that as a as a way to have a theory you got to have some type of juice behind it i'm gonna make that rule right now so you get a half a point for getting that right um but i as soon as i saw rb outside his window i knew for a fact i was like yeah okay now we just got to figure out like i got the impression that rb was his son like i don't know why that's just the kind of vibe i was getting i don't know if you guys feel that way too but well i guess we'll see so um i'm trying to think um if there's anyone else i'm missing okay so i know i'm i'm already over 10 minutes <laughs> i'm at 14 minutes and 40 seconds so i'm gonna make this quick the other thing i just wanted to point out was about sam um i don't know exactly you know if she's ever gonna be brought up or anything like that but um i i think it was very um i guess maybe noble would be a nice word or commendable for becky and them to cover her up like that um they probably didn't want to try and clean up the body or get rid of it because that feel like that would would probably trigger jessica and you know who knows she might just feel like killing people and start killing people she's clearly unstable so um yeah it was probably best for them not to you know do anything to the body not even try and clean the blood up but cover her up that i feel like that was their way of respect showing respect and you know get it like saying you know you know we we loved you and we're sorry this happened so that was pretty cool um i think that's all i got um so far so hopefully this one makes it to you and you actually get this <laughs> this feedback because the one that i sent you for doom patrol vanished into thin air it just floated up and nobody ever seen it again so i'm gonna make sure that i double check that this was sent so until next time love peace hair grease and black girl magic queen of the couch be me out that sucks that your doom patrol feedback went into oblivion <laughs> i'll be really checking my shit too i'll be like oh they didn't send it and I, 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 I double check, ma'am. It's, it's not, it's not in here. It, it never made its way to me. So <laughs> it's a good thing that you hit me up in my feedback 
or in my mailbox like bitch did you get that because i can resend it <laughs> um so on to a few of your points um you had me cracking up even though i disagree heartily about uh ian while i feel like you're talking about the walking dead <laughs> how some people like i always have a back and forth on this right now typically what you would say everything you said would be factual except i don't get that impression from ian whatsoever that he's entitled um i know we other than his normal you know because we all (laughs) your white people are born with privilege right but at the same time it never felt other than just because when it was only his life on the line he was testing his boundaries right and i don't think it's wrong even though it's coming from the one caucasian person in the group uh, i think it actually makes the most sense that he would be the most mouthy whereas the brown and black person are more like um i'll pick and choose my battles so yeah he, he's a little bit more risque but he actually play it kind of fits with his personality because he plays risk like he is he's gonna be interesting to me to watch and that's what i like when i am looking at characters like they surprise me in ways even in their i should say uh failures because yeah in a whole lot of sense you're absolutely right you're fucking being threatened shut the hell up you don't need to make your point but at the same time if he is staying then i'm not going to be acting like i am not a part of this person or not having opinions and i also don't think that call me crazy i could be totally proven wrong but i don't think jessica's completely off bonkers i think she has different rules i think that them choosing like them all choosing to stay and go with her in the first place was always about her protecting them like and then her deal was i will cut you loose unless you are useful to me if you challenge me but yet you have ian challenging her he's challenged her before and she's not killed him yes she killed sam but she even admitted that she killed sam not because of ian she killed sam because there could not be two leaders in the group and she realized that sam was going to be a problem for her because she needed to be them all to listen to her and if ever there's a moment where i think i was explaining last podcast sam says something that contradicts her and it puts the group in a having to choose position that's a problem for jessica that's something that is unacceptable in her world and thus she had to go I think Ian's just more like, look, um, I'm here. <laughs> uh, he lived, he even said, I live with my grandparents. He works at a, the, the telemarketing job. He is not, he don't feel like the, uh, like he necessarily voted for Trump. <laughs> um, he kind of feels as if he's just a loser on society and he's more than a little aware of it. Cause he even says, I'm a fucking coward. But for a fucking coward, I think it's interesting that he is willing to at least try to do the right thing or say the right thing, even if it's at cost for himself. But when Becky was put in Perel, 
he didn't test those boundaries. So I think there's a little bit more, a little rough, even though I knew, I thought I kind of figured with someone, either you or Shy were going to come with this opinion. Um, I mean, it's, I don't think it's wrong to say he's annoying. <laughs> I'm just kind of, for some reason, enjoying it. Like I said, I think it relates just a little bit to me. I'm like st- being somewhere where, okay, like, oh, I'm doing this for a friend. But at the same time, I'm not going to sit there the whole damn time <laughs> and act like I'm happy about it. Um, so yeah. Uh, what else did you ask? Oh, you said that, um, Jessica's reaction is stunted growth. I think that's absolutely true. I also, this is where we split on the decision and I agree on the stunted growth, but I don't think she's like a tantrum child. I think she has a different way of trying to control things. But if you've been someone out on the road all this time, what, when is Jessica in the comic book? 12 years old on the run. And you know, you've been trained to protect yourself and you're constantly on the hunt. Yeah. You're, you're not going to know how to control a group. So your only way to try to control a group is initially to try to threaten it. But clearly she needs them for some particular reason. Otherwise, why would she help them? Why would she put them in her car? And they need her. So if it becomes a partnership, you eventually have to communicate. And I think that Ian is feeling a little bit, particularly Becky is feeling a lot of empathy for her. Um, like Becky even made it very clear in her speech to Ian. Like, eh, she's a different kind of person. She's got different rules. Yeah, it's a very shitty what she did. I'm not happy about it. I'm mourning that. However, I understand in her mind why that made sense. And that's the part that Ian's still struggling with. Uh, I don't know what he was going to do in that fight. I ain't got nothing for that. <laughs> I got the reasons why he was trying to do it, but bruh, uh, it looked like both she and Artemis were, were ahead of what was going to happen. It was going to happen, but Anne's like the dad. And I think you pointing out that she is kind of like a child that kind of makes Ian feel as if, cause he seems like the oldest one in the group, right? He always, uh, I do see him with that, the silver on his hair. A little bit becky seems a little youngish and then we have wilson who looks you know maybe early 30s but he definitely seems as if he is the older one and the most responsible one before that and i get that he's skeptical the most about utopia but i don't think he's fully still skeptical about Utopia. like he doesn't believe it he believes it's real he's starting to ask questions about it's real it's just more like, I can't fucking believe this is an actual conspiracy. You live this life. And then, of course, you want to know how much is fact and how much is fiction. Um, and so I find it interesting that I should say that him and Becky are kind of taking a more parental approach in a way um maybe that's the wrong word for it but i feel wilson strangely enough is the least attached or aware of jessica's reactions like mind you he thinks his family's safe so there is that 
I think you're right that he's going to blow up once he finds that out. But currently, he's more of the practical moving on type of person. Like, yeah, it was really sad what happened to Sam. I'm sad that she's gone, but I also understand that people have a purpose and that was her purpose. And considering that is something that Kevin Christie, that's the guy that makes his kids say, makes me think there was well, it's not just a throwaway and that's what i appreciate although it's all we're still mourning sam and her death it's not easily forgotten but at the same time it is something that plays into the greater plot it would seem um she found some tattoos that seem to be a code under the fingernails i didn't watch that either but i did hear what she said when ian asked what the fuck is that <laughs> is kevin christie jessica's dad that's a good question that's a good theory um i think we both agree he's mr rabbit and that's some bullshit where was this rule in dark where you could just you know we throw shit at the wall and you know my evidence was the fact that he is one of the two bigger stars so it's either rain wilson or (laughs) john cusack (laughs) that's some good deduction skills what do you mean i feel like you're trying to take my full point instead of my half a point that's clearly deducted in there the guy that works at a lab and his name is john cusack come on points his son is really fucking crazy and i expect him also to be a villain because he was a villain in gotham too It's not my fault I watch a whole bunch of TV and people play familiar roles. <laughs> Tell them to diversify their portfolio. <laughs> I think that's all we have to touch on. I'm sure we will have many, many more conversations about this amazing show. If you want to continue the conversation with us, you can send it to blackgirlcouch at gmail.com. You can find this podcast on Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else good podcasts can be found. My social medias will be below. Remember to like, share, subscribe. And if you have time, run over to iTunes, leave a review, and rate the podcast. Until the next time, peace, hair grease, black and magic.